ladies, this is Jessica Iterole. And I'm Barbara Saunders Livingston. And we want to welcome you to the Seeking Holy Podcast. A podcast for women seeking Christ in a challenging world. As you listen, we hope you'll be encouraged to open God's Word to seek Him and strengthen your abiding relationship with Christ. Whether you find yourself with plenty of time or not enough time, pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab your Bible, and join us for Seeking Holy. So we've reached our final episode for the season. The time has gone by quickly, yet so much has happened in these past few months. Praying, seeking God's face, and searching the scriptures in preparation for each episode and subject matter has been exhilarating and challenging. But I have learned so much, and I have felt a bit stretched at times too. No doubt about it, this thing we call the Christian walk, following Christ and answering the call, takes courage. Courage is not found in the list of the fruit of the Spirit, but it sure seems we enroll in the prerequisite course in order to be and become all God says we are as children of the Most High God. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And I echo what you say about uh, learning and stretching. I too have learned so much and and uh, have been stretched and challenged. And it, it truly has been a blessing. And in this series, we're going to discuss what courage is and look at some examples, hopefully kick some barriers out of the way, rise up to the call and go forward courageously and boldly in faith. As ladies of God, it takes courage to speak truth, to share our personal testimonies, revealing some of the good and the bad and the ugly. Yes, it's to point to Christ as Savior and ultimately for the glory of God. However, being led to and diving in the transparency and vulnerability pool, if you will, can feel at times like you're going under or even drowning, only to be lifted up by our trusted lifeguard who's always on duty and resuscitates us with his breath of life. And then we walk with an even clearer call, deeper inhalation, and all while trusting the Holy Spirit to grant the words we ourselves don't have, attempting to understand and explain what has occurred in and through us supernaturally, not to mention the grace needed in which to express it. This type of day at the beach is not for the faint of heart. There are ladies listening who might define courage today as simply getting out of bed in the morning, taking a shower, or getting dressed. There was a time in my life that I can certainly relate to this. Mm. To another, they may need to muster up the courage to have that honest conversation with a friend or a loved one, or courage to open your Bible and begin talking to God again or maybe even for the first time. Whatever it is, it's going to take courage, because life takes courage. Mm. However you describe following Christ, it is safe to say that at one mile marker or another, um, we're going to need to fill our tank and write the blank check with courage. So we're going to dive in the deep end of the pool a bit more here. There's a lot of talk these days about empowering women. And I understand, and I don't have to walk too far out my front door to discern some women's definition and desire um, is to possess and more importantly, portray 
and put off a sort of aggressive, in-your-face, staunch, gritty, daring, rough-around-the-edges kind of audacity and tenacity that they would chalk up as courage. We've all seen so many motion pictures, which might conjure up pictures of courage being like that of a, say, a woman stomping into a corporate conference room, modeling her tight black pinstripe power suit, perfectly prancing a shiny pair of stilettos. And this main breadwinna diva has everything and everyone <laughs> under control, right? <laughs> By the way, did you know that stiletto means a short dagger with a blade, which could be used to stab or kill? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Just a side note there. Anyway, you know, I've watched women in an action whose goal really I think is to shred you, mince you, chew you up and spit you out with their fierceness, or should I say, filthy and fleshly words. The world calls this bold, but that's not bold and courageous. That's just plain mean, cold and bitter. And we've all witnessed broken, bitter, hurting women do this. And we may have even been there and even to their husbands, you know, as well, publicly and on social media at that. So listen, cussing, complaining and constant criticism may be surrounding us in our culture, but it isn't a picture of true godly courage or holiness. You know, wearing garments that proclaim, I love Jesus and I cuss a little should cause us to want to throw up in our mouths a little. And a lot. You know, let's allow a few of these verses to exhort us and pour over us today. Beginning in Ephesians 4, 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. Another translation says, no foul language is to come from your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Or Proverbs 14.1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. And speaking to women in 1 Peter 3.1-2, it says, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold and jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. I love the thought that the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit is of great worth in God's sight. So I wonder for our ladies, our audience, how do you define courage? When you ask for boldness, what is it you picture needing it for? Is it to speak in front of others? To worship without worrying about how others perceive you? Is it that you don't want to look like you don't have confidence? Is it moving across the world or facing the person next to you? If you had the courage, then what would you do? So many women desire to be courageous. Many want to be more bold, more confident, self-assured, brave, daring, fearless, fierce, strong, valiant, and tenacious. Juxtapose this against the ongoing challenges of fear, anxiety, anxiousness, depression, worry, and insecurity. The reality of just how much we're struggling with it 
is conspicuous. There are thousands of books and messages and programs available with the intent of assisting women to look better, speak better, act better, get better, and feel better about themselves. Yes. Inevitably, I wonder, is when we think of courage, is what we're really after the absence of fear? It's ironic to consider that courage is not the absence of fear. For example, Merriam-Webster's dictionary describes courage as the mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or Hmm. difficulty. Therefore, by definition, courage implies that to be deployed, there's a danger, a difficulty, and likely a presence of fear. Furthermore, for us, it is what we know and believe about God that we know he is trustworthy, that we in faith step out and act, although we are afraid. For us as believers, it's being able to do something that terrifies us if we need to, and yet we boldly advance forward in faith, even if we're scared, but because we are trusting in our faithful God. Yes, Uh, step out and act even though we are afraid. This reminds me of something my mom would say to me years ago. I would call my mom and pour out my fears, um, which were many at the time, to her over the phone. And I'll never forget something she told me very plainly one day. She said, well, Barbie, well, then just do it afraid. So fear you know, is not an emotion that I trust today. It is only a barometer, Mm. you know, not the leader. Fear can be an indicator, you know, to pay attention, to use caution or to stay alert and discerning. Um, And you may have heard the acrostic, fear is a false evidence appearing real. Or, you know, the recent song, Fear is a Liar uh, by Zach Williams. I really like that one. Um, So, but I carried so much debilitating fear for so long, a stronghold of fear, really, I was a fear of men, fear of being touched, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of never doing anything with my life, fear of others, blah, 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 on and on. And see, I allowed my feelings of fear to paralyze me. And fear prevented me from living life in any sense of normalcy. You know, what my mom said to me struck me as a possibility of perhaps betraying my own feelings of fear and making a decision to go ahead and act and behave without having to find complete resolution to my fears first. You know, I got so sick of being abandoned, abused, afraid. And so as I shared in my testimony, I turned to a false identity, to drugs and alcohol, which helped me to be tougher. I thought, you know, capable of really doing things I would be too scared to do otherwise or you know, would have to feel the full brunt of while doing them uh, when I was on the streets. And so, you know, I took on this tough front and I became capable of mean things, you know, wicked things, harsh, fierce behaviors and attitudes in an attempt to push aside and overcome on my own this full range of fears that I was plagued with. Um, And I see these manifesting in women all around me every day now, um, being short and rude, mean and vindictive, competitive, backstabbing, controlling, calculating, on and on. Uh, 
And it all begins with fear. Um, derivatives of, or, you know, we call them demon groupings sometimes, split from, and which originated and was birthed um, from fear. More coming up right after this. I'm frequently asked, what resources do you use to study the Bible? One resource I use almost every single day, whether on my laptop or cell phone, is Bible Gateway. As the internet's largest Christian website, Bible Gateway seeks to equip people to read and understand the Bible wherever they are. Celebrating more than 25 years online, Bible Gateway offers free access to the Bible in more than 200 different versions and more than 70 languages. Bible Gateway's website and app are visited by more than 20 million unique visitors per month. If you desire to obtain easier access to Bible translations and make your studies simpler, try Bible Gateway at www.biblegateway.com. As I was thinking about how I would define courage for this episode, um, and what I view as courageous, um, what in my own life demanded the most courage, I was surprised at what I settled in on because, frankly, I lived in this state of fear for so long. And so many things, everyday things, which to many others, you know, they find common or, you know, really come easily for for them. But we tend to think the opposite of or the antithesis and antonym of fear is courage, confidence or independence or bravery. As if only I could gain those things, I would no longer be or live afraid. And so the verdict for me is this. And what what took the most courage in my life um, ultimately was to receive, accept, and live loved, you know, as if I am truly loved. So the truth is the inverse of fear isn't courage, it's love. God's love was the only fear-wrecking force powerful enough to overcome what I learned later was the spirit of fear. And so God does not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so over and over, the word of God tells us not to fear and not to be afraid. Do not be terrified because of them. Um, And he will never leave us or forsake us. But that can only truly occur, the cessation of fearing, having true courage, and is only possible when God is with us. And after Christ himself indwells us by the Holy Spirit. And now he's driving out fear in us. And it's God's amazing love which set me free from debilitating fears. And it's ultimately the overcoming power which I abide and move and have my being in today. First John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Mm, And that right there, girl, that is it. I I just love that statement. All you said about the the idea that the opposite of fear is love. That's so beautiful. And it's beautiful that you stated it. And it's so beautiful that that is the word of God. And it is true. We can rest in that. The perfect love drives out fear. And with the example in 1 John 4, 17 and 18, we get a further glimpse of the perfecting of love. 
both now and in eternity, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And John here uses the Greek word teleo and writes it twice, speaking of love that is perfectly perfected or completely Mm. complete. All of this makes me think of, you know, just eternal things. Don't you think we, we kind of get into a habit, just naturally we default to looking at the world around us and think less about eternal mm-hmm. things. So I think of a note that on the day of judgment is when the completeness of love's work in us will be demonstrated. And as much as we can know the completeness of God's love now on this side of heaven, we will know it so much more on judgment day. I like what Pastor David Guzik points out in his commentary. He says a couple of things. Uh, You may know that you are a sinner now, but you will really know it in the day of judgment. You may know now you are not a better person than those who are going to hell. You will really know it in the day of judgment. You may know the reality of hell now. You will really know it in the day of judgment. And you may know the greatness of Jesus' salvation now. You will really know it in the day of judgment. Wow. I mean, do we realize that we will all one day face a day of judgment? Both the saved and the unsaved will be judged for how they live their lives. And for those who do not repent of sin, accept and follow Christ, they choose to reject him and remain bound to the love of the world. And they'll find themselves before Christ in the white throne judgment that's depicted in Revelations 20, uh, verses 12, 13, and 15. Yet for the Christ follower, we will present ourselves before the judgment seat of Christ. An example that's spoken about in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 through 15, which states, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For another foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That thought, this shows the greatness of God's work in us. We might be satisfied to merely survive the day of judgment, but God wants to so fill our lives with his love and his truth that we have boldness in the day of judgment. And how can anyone have such boldness? We can imagine Jesus being bold before the throne of God, but us? yet. 
If we abide in him and he in us, like 1 John 4.13 speaks about, then our identity is bound up in Jesus. And as he is, so are we in the world. Amen. So my courage and confidence not only is derived from God's love for me, but also because I know that by the blood of Jesus, all my sins have been forgiven. His wrath, Mm. anger, and righteous judgment against me has been accounted for and pardoned. Hallelujah. This should offer us, as children of God, the boldness that we need to live each day confidently, obeying God's commands to love Him, to love others, and to share the gospel in His Word. So encompassed in God's perfect love is the removal of the very chasm, every hindrance, and that which is standing in the way of us receiving and enjoying the fullness of His love, namely sin. Our confidence not only comes with the love of God being bestowed on us and shed abroad in our hearts and casting out the fear, but also knowing without a doubt that all our sins have been paid for, forgiven, and washed away by the blood of Jesus. If indeed... We have been saved and are walking in new life by the Spirit. Because of this, even in our weakness, Hebrews 4.16 encourages us, let us approach the throne of grace with, and here it is, boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at the proper time. Mm, How beautiful is that? That we can approach the throne of grace. Not just approach it. Yes. I, I kind of picture approaching the throne of grace, like on my face, yeah, girl, yeah. right? <laughs> to think with boldness that we can do that and receive mercy and find grace. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. When I think of myself compared to the images of scripture, of God's perfect word, my shortcomings, my failures, and the areas where I, I need to mature and grow, and they are all magnified and vulnerably exposed. The love of God that is given to us, this very love, it should confront me. It should confront all of us head on. It flies in the face of all and anything we know and anything we can imagine. The love of mm-hmm. God, He loves me anyway. But... Mm-hmm. What do we do with that? And there's a lot of advocacy and much well-meaning advocating that God loves us the way we are. And it's actually enabling a lot of us to just remain there. And I say, no, my sisters, we are always being called to higher ground. Mm-hmm. Yes, God loves his children. He He loves them and they are precious and highly valuable to him. I mean, he gave his only son for them. His son also had the courage, obedience to the father and love for us that he willingly gave his life for the joy before him and to reunite us to the father. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. However, this realization is not so that we can choose to live like the world and tolerate sin in our lives but to walk in freedom. And freedom has Mm -hmm. a cost. Freedom requires sacrifice. God gave his son. Jesus gave his life. 
What is it we're Mm. giving? So as we progress forward in this series, you may notice an undertow of two themes, possessing the courage to both love and to be loved. And there are two camps specifically we're addressing. Uh, One camp is from the vernacular of focusing on the wonderful love of God, but without the recognition of how much he cannot and will not tolerate that which is evil. Have we confronted that? Have we confronted sin in our lives? Do we refuse to tolerate sin? And the other camp is that focus on our depravity and on our sin and the shortcomings and folly of maybe it's ourselves, but it's ultimately God's people. So much that we forget his love and whether that be for all people, for God's people or for ourselves and also our responsibility to deliver in love and to accept that love ourselves. Mm, yes. So with all that in mind, you know, I, I think about how you know, we can't offer others or give away something that we ourselves don't have. Um, A few questions I think to ask ourselves as we close out today uh, would be, how do we get to a place where we can do what God's leading us and asking of us to do, despite the tendency to fear? How do we straight up overcome debilitating and paralyzing fears? Or do we continue to find a broken solace or bitter empowerment and entitlement in treating others harshly and calling that courage? You know, being a fierce woman or claiming it to be bold and free. So why do we actually need courage? Um, It is so we can obey God's commands and commission so we can have confidence to share the gospel and His love and word with others. Thank you for tuning in. Join us tomorrow where we'll look into what courageous examples can teach us. See you then. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified when new episodes are released. Also, please feel free to rate and review our podcast and share it with all your friends. Thank you for spending your time with us. We hope you're leaving with a deepening fascination to fellowship with the one who has created you for his purpose and desires to show you more of his goodness every day.